0: Welcome back to the Growing Lean podcast, sponsored by Lean Discovery Group. This is your host, Dylan Burke, also known as Deej. I'm happy to be here with Gerald Leonard, CEO of two companies, Turnberry Premier and Leonard Productivity Intelligence Institute, as well as the host of the syndicate podcast, Productivity Smart. Welcome, Gerald.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. How are you?
0: Um, I'm all good. I'm super excited for you to be here today.
1: Excellent. Happy to be here, Derek. Dylan, sorry.
0: (laughs) No worries. Uh, Amazing. So can you start us off by giving us a bit of a background and history of yourself and how you ended up in the business you are in today?
1: Sure. So my business is, you know, productivity and project and program management. Um, I did a a bachelor's and master's in music um, and actually studied for a year – through the Manhattan School of Music with a gentleman down at Juilliard up in New York City, played professionally as a musician. And while I was doing that, I also did ended up doing some ministry work for about six or seven years, got married, had a couple of kids, and decided I wanted to stay in New York, play professionally, but I didn't want to um, do a lot of bars and things like that. And I want to do more shows and, and so on. So to supplement my income, I got into IT. And what I discovered was Um, By getting into IT, I realized that my skill set or what I was really good at was organizing chaos. I just naturally would walk into a situation that was a little bit disorganized and I would figure out what processes need to be in place, what systems needed to be in place and what projects needed to get done and I could help them organize them and get them done pretty quickly. So I then pursued just tons of certifications in that area and over time as playing music and doing business um, together, I eventually came across concepts that I could leverage all everything I had learned as a musician and you, growing up as a musician with what I was learning as a business person. And I wrote my first book, Culture is the Base, my second book, Workplace Jazz, and then my third book that I just released with John Wiley and Sons, A Symphony of Choices, um, all while running to the two companies and uh, now the syndicated host of a podcast, Productivity Smarts. And I love what I get to do every day.
0: That's amazing. It's it's always good to, to have people that enjoy what they do and have taken their life experiences and, and created their business. I, I love that. So can you tell us a little bit about uh, each company that you are CEO of?
1: Sure. So Turnberry Premier... Um, which legal name is Principles of Execution. That company actually started off as a blog in 2011. I was working as a uh, planning and programs manager manager for a major law firm doing a lot of things that I talk about around project and program management and wanted to write articles about people who were just ordinary people who became exceptional that we would eventually call famous or astonishing uh, and just about how, how did they go from being just an ordinary Joe to being this, you know, world star baseball player or politician or musician or uh, CEO or whoever they became. And I probably wrote over a hundred articles on this, on this website. And then I had joined, i left the law firm in 2012, joined a consulting firm. I did that for about a year or so. And around 2014, I started my own consulting practice. And, you know, during that time of reading and writing and developing all these understanding of people who have these skills, I just started, you know, assimilating all that information to myself. And um, I did a lot of networking, uh, going to the Chamber of Commerce, going to networking uh, breakfast meetings and dinners, and then following up with the, the various CEOs and business owners and talking to them about their business because when I was doing work with the consulting firm, I was actually uh, leading a particular business practice. So I was trying to help grow that. Well, it turned out that all of that work that I was doing on somebody else's dime ended up becoming one of my greatest assets when I started my own company. Because when I did, I had left the company and had one client that I had uh, written an assessment for and was doing a project management assessment for. So that was kind of revenue coming in. And then I went back to the network of people that I had been reaching out to and having breakfast and doing all these things with. And I sent them a simple message on LinkedIn. I said, hey, I started my own company. These are my services. If you know of anyone who could use my service, let me know. And I had taken that blog website, left the post on there and added a front page of just my services um, as a blog and as a company website, and then added a service page to highlight the things that I could do as a consultant for major corporations and companies that I had done stuff for before. Lo and behold, two people reached back to me after, I think I probably sent maybe a couple of hundred messages out on LinkedIn. I had at that time, probably two or 3,000 people I was connected to on LinkedIn. Well, two people got back to me and said, Hey, um, I have a client Verizon up in Rochester. They need help. Can you help them? I said, sure. So signed contract. They sent me a big check and I started working for Verizon. Um, The other company was um, a gentleman who was kind of doing what I was doing, but he didn't have the bandwidth to do everything that uh, with all of his clients. So I started doing trainings and, and consulting for other companies around the project management space and the things that I was doing. And then uh, a few months into that, then I I did some partnerships with another company, with NIH and other uh, federal and state government agencies up in the D.C. area. And then uh, about three months after that, one guy reached out and said, hey, could you be in Richmond on Monday? And I said, you know, what what do you have? And he goes, well, we have this huge project with Department of Transportation, and they have about 14,000 projects, $16 billion budget, and they need help automating that process. And I was able to do that. And so all of my work in building the company started with networking and just reaching out and building on what I had already done. And so the other company came about, the Leonard Productivity Intelligence came about after I had a major bout with vertigo and had lost the ability to walk. And it happened six weeks before my TEDx talk. Uh, This was around 2018. And in the process of recovering and playing music and how music allowed me to heal myself and walk again, uh, which is a whole nother story. Um, I had um, started that company um, after the TEDx talks and and because of the first my first company, Turnberry Premier, or the productivity project uh, principles execution company that eventually became Turnberry Premier, I had a company reach out to me to invest in my company, to invest in the consulting part. So I set up a deal with them and they bought 49% of my company. And I took all of my other assets, courses I had developed, books I had written, programs I had developed, and I put them underneath the Leonard Productivity Intelligence Institute company as my training company to segment out my intellectual property. But the consulting and all of the things I was doing there was part of the larger company. So that's how the two companies came about. One started, bootstrapped it and grew it and eventually it got invested in. And the other one was taking all of the assets I had built that weren't a part of the deal and putting them under the other company and then developing content where I had talked about productivity, neuroscience, workplace engagement, and so on.
0: That's amazing. Wow, that's uh, super inspiring. And there's so much to unpack there, but we don't need to go into too much detail on the <laughs> on the personal side there. Um, sure. Have there, have there been any like uh, challenges or obstacles that you faced in your business and how, how have you overcome them?
1: Sure. You know, one of the biggest challenges that you face when you're running a, a, a solo business is capacity and in bandwidth. And, um, you know, whether it's the bandwidth to to do everything yourself, and I realized early on that there's no way I'm going to do everything myself. I'm not going to try to do my taxes by myself. I'm not going to do my bookkeeping by myself. I'm not going to try to figure out all the marketing angles by myself. Um, I knew that I needed to stay in my lane, which was, I was good being with clients. I was good marketing from the standpoint of, of the networking and reaching out and building those relationships and then delivering, providing that consulting or coaching and also creating intellectual property. So what I did is, in in again, going back to the, the blog where I wrote all these articles and studied all these people, the thing I noticed is that they would reach out to people who were better than them and they would find mentors and coaches. And as a musician, you know, one of the first things you do when you start playing music as a kid is you go, okay, I, I joined a band and I'm playing pretty good, but I wanna get better. Well, how do you get better? You go find a teacher. And when your parents don't have the money to pay for a teacher, you go out and mow yards and or you do lawn work or do chores, you make money and then you pay a teacher to teach you and tell you what to do, how to get better. So I use that same philosophy in my businesses. I went and found coaches. I went and found partner companies. I found a bookkeeper, I found a tax accountant, I found a marketing company, and I just started instead of hiring hiring them full time as a W2 employee, I purchased their services. So I was paying them, you know, part time for that service and they'd come in and do my quickbooks and update my quickbooks or they would come in and do my taxes. Or I would have a person who worked with me and they would help me market my company, or they'd come and help me build my website. And so I, I, I leveraged talent that way. Another thing I had done was I joined the National Speakers Association. And by joining the National Speakers Association, I saw other experts in how they built their companies. So every second Saturday in the D.C. area, I would go to these meetings and I would meet all of these speakers who have books out that we read about and they would speak at major corporations. Well, one of the things they would do in those meetings is tell you how they built their business. And so I would take tons of notes again, just just getting tons of notes. I'm networking, I'm meeting people, but I'm learning about systems, I'm learning about SEO, I'm learning about marketing, I'm learning about how to get booked to speak. I'm learning about how to follow up and, and, and network with clients. I'm learning and how to uh, partner with other people who have services that I could supplement and and take over parts of my business while I focused on the main thing. And so I got to a point where I was making enough money that I could live off of half of what I made. And I took the other half and I invested back in my business.
0: That's that's amazing, and I I really love that. It's and the more entrepreneurs I speak to, uh, there's there's kind of a common ground here is that you you can't be afraid to seek help or find um, inspiration in other people, and I think that's huge. Exactly, um, and 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 I love that. I'm also trying in my personal and professional life just to find ways to learn and develop from other people through what they've done and they shortfall yeah, their shortfalls. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I've
1: created a tagline. I've created a tagline that I use now in all of my interviews and speaking, uh, because my book that I just wrote is about how mentorship helped a manager uh, learn decision making, project management, workplace engagement, and saved a concert season. And it's a very intriguing story, but it shows the power of mentorship. And I don't talk about it in the book, but I talk about it when I, you know, do things like this. And I, I'll say. Mentoring and coaching is like being in the HOV lane for your life and your career. So if you've ever been stuck in traffic in a car by yourself and, and you're trying to get home and it's taken you two hours when normally there's no traffic and you get there in 15 minutes or 30 minutes. Well, the folks who have one person with them, they get to go into the HOV lane and there's no traffic in the HOV lane. And if yeah. you think about mentoring and coaching with an expert, you basically remove the traffic blocks of, I don't know, or how do you do this? And that person's skill and knowledge and company and feedback puts you on an HOV lane where you can accomplish things in weeks or months compared to years or decades, trying to figure it out and do it by yourself.
0: Yeah, hundred percent. So basically instead of learning from your own mistakes, you can learn from, other people's mistakes and right. Not or only you mistakes. can learn
1: from their successes. Yes, I was <laughs> not about just to their say. mistakes, but you can learn from their m- successes and uh, and learn what to avoid. So they so that because if they if they became really successful, but they also figured out what to avoid, well, they don't have the mistakes that you learn from. You just learn from how did they actually do this successfully, and what did they avoid, and then you just follow in their footsteps.
0: A hundred percent, I agree with you a hundred percent, and. While we're on that topic, um, I know I've struggled as well, and I'm sure some of our listeners have too. What do you what would you say the best way is to approach a mentor and ask them for for advice and help?
1: Well, it depends on it depends on a few things. It depends on um who the mentor is, it depends on what you need help with. Um, so those are two big ones, right? depends on who the person is and depends on what you need help with. Um, on my websites except probably for Turnberry Premier, the the Productivity Intelligence Institute, and then I have a Leonard.com website, you'll find, or even on my LinkedIn profile, you'll find interviews with me and Jack Canfield, the, the author of Chicken Soup. You know, when I, I first heard about Jack Canfield, it was basically reading his books. And then um, I had wrote my first book, which was self-published. And I was like, okay, so now I got this book. What do I do with it? How do I market it? I'm clueless. So I look online and I see Jack Canfield with a gentleman named Steve Harrison. And they had a program and it was, let's say it's a thousand dollar program. And I was able to buy the program and split the price of the program up. Cause I didn't, I couldn't afford a thousand dollars of my pocket at one time at that time. But so I split the program into three payments. I got engaged with that process. I got invited to a workshop with them. Next thing I know, I'm sitting in a webinar with Jack Canfield Then they had another program and I started getting mentored and coached by Steve and his team. And next thing I know I'm at a live event and there's Jack Canfield and I'm taking a picture with him with my book. That led to me working with him even more. And then eventually working with him where he promoted my second book and I had an interview with him. So my point is sometimes people are like at the top of the uh, the top of their game and there's no way for you to get engaged with them but most of those people have a book or they have a program or they have webinars. So start there, learn from them, and they're mentoring you, but they don't, they don't even know who you are. But if by pursuing that, you'll be surprised how many of them have workshops that are affordable that you can attend virtually. And then you'll find out that they have other programs. The next thing you know, you're standing there shaking that person's hand and looking them in the eye And previously, it might take you a year, it may take you five years to get to that point. But if that person is the person that can help you, then shoot for the moon. Don't, Don't settle for someone that says they can help you and they really don't have a track record. Find the best person in the industry for what you're trying to solve a problem for and go after that person. You may not work with them directly right off the bat. You may only read their books and listen to their programs, but eventually- and quite possibly you may end up shaking their hand and looking them in the eye
0: one day. A hundred percent. I lo- I love that. Thanks so much for that. And have you gotten to the point where people are approaching you for mentorship?
1: I I am. I'm at I'm getting to that point now after the <laughs> after the three books and the two companies and all of the interviewing and and now it's becoming television interviews and additional podcast interviews. Uh I, I am getting a lot of outreach of people doing that. And, and I and I have a LinkedIn group called Productivity Intelligence, so I'll, I'll tell people to join my group, and those who are persistent will get a chance to um, connect with me. Um, and it's not like I make it difficult. It's kind of like, you know, I'm not hiding myself, but uh, obviously I'm busy and I got a lot of things going on, um, And uh, but I do make myself available to people who are interested in learning more. And obviously, again, I have books and other things that people can learn from and Programs and websites and tons of articles. So um, you know, there's possibilities to be mentored by me as well.
0: Amazing! I'm sure there are people lining up to try and get a bit of your mountain of of knowledge that you've acquired over the years.
1: That that yep, yeah, that's true, and um, and, and it makes me very grateful and appreciative to be in that place.
0: Hundred percent. Um, so back to the your businesses. Um, yeah. So how do you measure the success of your businesses? Do you have any specific metrics or KPIs that you use?
1: Um, Obviously, I look at, you know, revenue is is one, but that's not the most important one. The other one is how much is the business able to have an impact on society and on others? Because, you know, you can make a lot of money in your business, but if your business is also not for, at least this is for me, if the business is not having a positive impact on the people that it serves, then um, I always ask myself, what am I doing? Uh, Because I want my, you know, whether it's my podcast or my article writings or my consulting to make a difference in their business, but also if it's going to make a difference and make their business better, then it also should make their lives better. Right. Because if I automate a process with a team of developers and, the folks there were spending hours and hours and hours doing it manually. And now it's all automated. That should free up their time that not only can they get more work done and with less effort, they should also be able to not have to work on weekends or be able to make their kids games or to make their date nights with their spouses and so on. So to me, it's more about, it's more than just the money. The money is just a lagging indicator of the value that you create. But to me, it's also um, the, intangible um, KPI, if you will, of our people's lives being impacted and changed and made better by the things that I'm doing and things that I teach are the things that I share um, in my programs, and my books, and in my
0: consulting. A hundred percent. I lo- I love impact-based entrepreneurs. I think it's so inspiring because um, there's so many people that just care about money and I, I love that there's still business owners and entrepreneurs out there that care so much about the impact that, that they have.
1: Yeah. You know, one of the things that I did when I first started my company is I had, I read a book and I learned about a program uh, organization called Kiva, K-I-V-A.org. And so I joined and I started literally just contributing $25 a month. And I would make micro loans to third world entrepreneurs and, when, and so when you're starting your business, you know, it can be tough because you're trying to put food on the table as well. But when you read their stories of someone in Vietnam or someone in um, Uganda, someone in South America, someone in Russia, someone in some other country that has uh, challenges, and you realize that, hey, they have it really hard. And all of their all they're looking for is a micro loan that me and a few other people come together and can contribute. And maybe they're only looking to borrow two hundred dollars because they're trying to buy goods for their services so they can grow their business. It really makes you realize how blessed we are here in the U.S. in the first world countries, and it realized I realize you know I really don't have the problems that these people have. And so by giving that way, you you realize that, you know, you know, one, I'm doing pretty well and I but also I want to make a difference. So I continue to give to Kiva and to organizations like that. And then for most of my clients where I take on a big client like a MasterCard or someone else like that size, based on where they're located, I will find um, organizations that they're engaged with, and i will contribute a portion of my profits back to that organization or my time or, or you know and it might be once or twice a year that i get get engaged in an event or an activity but to give back to that local community so then the, the company that's hiring me is like this guy's making a difference and the money that we're giving him he's giving it back into our community we're going to give him more money
0: I, I love that. I think you should run for president. <laughs> you're, you're amazing. <laughs> no, not that is not, <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I've never heard that one before, but uh, that would not be on my bucket list. <laughs>
0: <laughs> 100%. Well, I, I really found you so inspiring, Gerald. Um, I truly have. And we are running out of time. We're actually over time, but that's not a problem. Uh, just before yeah. we go, uh, what what advice would you give to other business owners looking to succeed in your industry or just in general?
1: I would say stay curious and keep learning. Just every day, learn, just learn something and stay curious. And by doing that, you're going to, it's going to be like compound interest. You know, it's not going to happen overnight, but over time, you're going to develop a knowledge base that's going to propel your business and take you to a different level if you stay hungry and you stay curious and you keep learning and adding on to what, you know, it it will compound over time.
0: Okay. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, Gerald. It's, it's really welcome. been inspiring. Um, what well, what is the best way for people to get in touch with Gerald Leonard? Um, maybe to, if you have any uh, opportunities for them or, if they just want to follow your story or read your books or sure, listen to your TED talk. Sure, they,
1: they can they can find me on my website at geraldjlinnert.com. You can get in touch with me there or and or you can follow me on leonard on productivityintelligenceinstitute.com. productivityintelligenceinstitute.com or geraldjlinnert.com and from either of those sites you can find all the other places that you can find me.
0: Amazing. Well, thanks again for being on the show. It's it's been well, thank amazing. Thank you for
1: having me. Thanks, of thanks, course. Dylan. I really appreciate it.
0: Awesome.